Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It's the Gut Reaction episode of the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and t-shirt designer extraordinaire, Zach Kelberman. Zach, alas, I picked the Browns to win. Brings me no pleasure to say that I got my pick right. I said in my rationale, basically, and I want to serve this over to you, for picking the Browns to win. It's not who do I want to win, right? It's what do I expect to see is I can't pick the Broncos until I see the light return to these players' eyes. Zach, it was like uh, dead men walking out there. I mean, they got it going a little bit in the second half, but the body language this team portrayed today, displayed, I should say, sent a deafening message, or it should have anyway, to George Payton. We're done with these coaches. Make a change. I think the the point of no return, and at least the rationale the Broncos have to use, is the fact that Case Keenum, of all quarterbacks in the NFL, given his ties to Denver, previous ties, he was the one in a clutch situation to take down Fangio's defense. You can talk about the fact they allowed whatever 148 yards to D. Ernest Johnson, the third string running back of the Browns, but to let Case Keenum go down the field on you and quite decisively at that, pick you apart systematically. Fangio's lauded defense, which once again gave up a big opening drive touchdown, looked like they were arm tackling. The run defense fell apart. They had no contain. They did nothing overly well. I don't want to hear about the injuries either because the team they were facing was beat up worse than them. I don't want to hear about Von Miller. I don't want to hear about a gimpy Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos lost this game once again because of coaching. And the firings need to commence now. There is no point in keeping them around, Chad. Four in a row, and the losses have drastically gotten worse and worse and worse over that four-game period. This one has to be the nail in the coffin for at least Pat Shermer, if not Vic Fangio as well. George, or else, you know, it's going to start reflecting on George Payton. The longer he condones this, the longer he harbors this, the longer he does nothing, which sends the message to the fan base and the media that he's accepting of it. It's okay for him. He's normalizing this culture in Dove Valley. He doesn't want that reputation attached to himself. He doesn't want to hitch his star to Vic Fangio's wagon. So he has to make a move here or else... It's all going to get worse. It's, and it's worse an and worse. open, festering wound. And, you know, antibiotics, too late in the in the process. You got to amputate. That's where you're at right now. Patriot Text, thank you for that early super chat, my friend. He says, I'm done with these coaches. Sweep them out and tank the season. 
Mike Shula as OC, Mike Munchak as the interim head coach, play Drew Locke the rest of the year. I can't take anymore. We'll talk more about where it goes from here, but thank you, buddy. Cam the Ute with a very uh, apropos comment on YouTube. Fangio is the god king of making the score not reflect how badly he got outcoached. No one better at ensuring that the Broncos lose close. Zach. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. His defense never comes up clutch. I said it last week on Twitter. I've been saying it for years in a row now. When they need a situational stop, they never get it. They don't force a turnover. They don't get a big sack. They get close, but no cigar. And that's been the defining characteristic of Fangio's tenure as head coach. He is not meant to be in that position, nor is Pat Shermer, nor is Tom McMahon, nor are most people on this coaching staff. Walking papers have to be issued now. Jake Gerard, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for staying up late with us, and thanks to all of you for staying up late. We're already pushing about a 1,000 live viewers with us here in the r- different rooms. Appreciate each and every one of you giving us some of your time. Jake says, now I know why we only had one prime time game yeah that was the thing zach is was it an indignity did it sting when the nfl uh ended the broncos monday night football streak did it sting when they gave them only the one prime time game sure but at the same time it's like almost a relief too because you're like all right that's just you know one less national humiliation uh chris hernandez love you bro long time bona fide mount rushmore superstar with his symbolic game day gut reaction super chat He says, lose to a team without a coach, lose to a team without a quarterback and two starting running backs while giving up 100-plus to a first career start running back. Can hardly wait to see next week's drama. Yeah, dude, it's out of control. Like, it's it's literally a comedy of errors. And then Irwin, wow, thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Fire Vic Fangio now, says Irwin. I can't take this play from this team. Horrible. Zach. (laughs) What's to like about it? I mean, tune in next week when Taylor Heineke goes off for 303 touchdowns. I mean, at this point, there is no opponent left on the Broncos' schedule that you can look at and say the Broncos should beat. I would even be fearful of the Broncos playing Detroit right now and Mr. Kneebiter extraordinaire Dan Campbell. I think even he has more prowess to be a head coach than Fangio, and he would get his roster up to play. This is an indignity. This is an embarrassment. This is disgraceful. I mean, it's almost comedic in the fact that the Broncos cannot be more uninspiring on the field. Offense, defense, special teams. It's like they go out of their way to be that uninspired. I would laugh if not get angry. 
I would laugh and to the point where I would cry, only I have no more tears to shed. I've got no more tears. Jess, thank you for the super. He says, fire the OC now. Someone knew for the next 10 days, and then Donald says that interception was the last straw. The conversation shouldn't even be about Teddy anymore. He's done as far as our starter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what more you think as a team you have to gain by continuing to play Teddy Bridgewater. Not only because, I mean, let's talk about the first thing. He's injured as H-E double hockey sticks. I mean, this dude is banged up. And so you have to wonder how much that is limiting what was already a relatively limited quarterback. Play Drew Locke. Guess what? He's healthy. And guess what? Might not turn out to be the same kind of spark that you got from playing him as a rookie down the stretch in 2019. But, dude, you literally cannot get any worse than what you've seen from this offense over the last three and a half games. Corey H., thank you, bro. It's over, y'all. You don't come back from this tonight. I am not a blame-the-coaches person, but I saw nothing tonight from us. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe the wrong personnel. Either way, call the curtains. Clean house. Well, I mean, again, Teddy Bridgewater did nothing to win the game for the Broncos, but I'd like to at least give him credit for battling through two painful injuries in his foot and his quad. He took another beating tonight, and he was actually more spry and more mobile than I thought he would be. He got out of some pressure, got out of some sacks. He navigated the pocket. It's a a miracle drug. I I just give him credit for battling through. I mean, again, the pixie, you know, the the turnovers are getting pretty bad with him now. He's not so steady Teddy any longer. The ones he, he is throwing are pretty egregious, and if it was Drew Locke, once again, there'd be front page meltdowns right now. But um, he has to play better, but it's ultimately up to the Broncos coaches to get the most out of their players. And once again, they're falling well short of that standard. It's a ship that is completely adrift. It's listing because the captain, the the entire uh, crew was completely incompetent. They had literally no idea what to do. They loaded up the Titanic, boarded a couple thousand people, set sail, and they didn't even know how to navigate the stars. No surprise, they run into a big iceberg down. Tony D.A. Dub, what's up, dude? Thank you. Vance and Fangio, compare the rosters on defense. Vance looks like a genius compared to Vic. Can someone wake up Broncos country from this nightmare, please? And Kayaka, he's like, he jumps in with a super, supporting the content. Love you, bro, superstar. He says, I just can't. I'm out. Night. Hey, we'll catch you on the flip-flop. This too shall pass, and that's my message to each and every one of you. This too shall pass. Um, Naj as well, real quick. Let me grab Naj. Thank you, buddy. You the man. He says, Justin Sternod is absolutely terrible. I don't think he's terrible. I just think he's young, dude. And there's no one out there anymore to help show him the way. Like, he's on his own. So he's either going to grow up quick uh, or it's going to just continue to be like this. Uh, Proud of the O-line, says Naj. They held their own. Sutton played hard as did the running backs. The Cleveland coaches drastically outcoached the Broncos coaches. It's fireable that Fangio put Teddy out there on one leg. Zach, do you think the Broncos O-line played better? Because I think they definitely, this was probably the best they looked from a pass protection perspective since they started playing plus 500 teams. I mean, they weren't able to get much of a push in the run game, but when you have Miles Garrett and Devion Clowney coming after a wounded duck, Teddy Bridgewater, I got to tip my cap to him for, for the most part, holding their own in pass pro. 
Well, let me just say about Sternada real quick. There was a great shot of him, you know, calling the defensive play coming out of the huddle, and it just seemed like the moment right there was too big for him. And it's a reminder that he was a questionable ILB3. Now he's the no-doubt ILB1. And then they're at one point now with Von Miller out. They don't have, Chad, all four of their day one starting linebackers. They're all out. It's it's quite the drastic uh, change. In, in terms of the O-line, though, I think both of them, the Cleveland's and the Broncos, got away with a lot of holding tonight. Garrett Bowles... I saw was a little grabby. He got flagged one time for that. Same went for Cleveland. I mean, they held up pretty well in decent situations. They couldn't get anything going in the ground game, which is disappointing if only because you have Javante Williams, who's a big play waiting to happen and a tackle waiting to be broken. Um, I also give a lot of credit to Teddy Bridgewater for, again, getting out of those sacks and escaping pressure. If he wasn't as mobile or as adept, even on one leg, the Broncos O-line would be getting a lot more criticism for the sacks they allowed. Quick update, just for a second, guys. Here's where we're at on the Patrick Sertan giveaway on Facebook. We're trying to get to 250,000 stars. The only people in the running, if we hit the goal for the raffle, we're going to raffle off this past Sertan jersey, are the people that helped us contribute to the goal. We're at 55%, as you can see, complete. And we're about 67% into the month. So we got a little ground to make up, but we're still confident that we're going to get there. Uh, Real quick, Randy Jones at number one, Josh Hoyle at two, Michael Ronquillo three, Mama Muti, four, Lawrence Rivera at five, Shane Daniels, six, Andrew Lampy at seven. And I understand, Andrew, good night, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. Pete Middleton at eight, Travis Weber at nine, and Doug Raquel at 10. Zach, what did uh, Shane here, real quick? He says, I'm just speechless. I'm really tired of these two to four yard check downs. Teddy can't move laterally. And it's not just that, Shane, today in particular, tonight, I should say, is the Browns really didn't. I mean, maybe my eyes are deceiving me, but I didn't see him blitz all that much. They played coverage pretty hard. And so they were kind of just flooding the zones, and Teddy just kept taking the safe bet, the safe bet. And, uh, you know, that's just – he wasn't really pushing the envelope. That's kind of his mindset, though. Uh, Before the Broncos called a screen pass for the billionth time tonight to their running back, I was thinking to myself – how every single yard is a struggle. I was going to tweet it out, but I didn't because I would have looked bad after the touchdown. But it seems that way. I mean, when it's third and three, they're throwing a, still a yard short of the stick, setting up a fourth and a fourth and one. Every single inch is a struggle for Denver. Nothing's ever easy. So that's also on the coaching. If they would open up the playbook more. Again, where was John Brown? Where was a deep threat in this game? You took a shot a couple times. Tim Patrick wasn't featured till the second half. It's like they wait and wait and wait, and so they cannot wait any longer to begin opening up the playbook and actually playing 2021-level football. And and the longer they wait, the deeper the hole they, they find themselves in. And it's the same repeating pattern because it's the same people in charge every single week. When the other team completely owns the point of attack, completely just lives dominates, consumes the line of scrimmage. It's like Troy Aikman said, sometimes it just feels like everything's a struggle. Well, shocker, but, I wonder but that, why. But that's regardless of opponent, though. I mean, it happens True. every single week. It's not just against Cleveland. It's every single week, even in the games they win going away. Real quick, guys, uh, we didn't have this for you last night, but here's the update. We're also raffling off a Pat Sertan jersey to the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of October, as well as each tier we're going to raffle off a little swag. So, Here's the top five in the running at uh, on October 21st. Mark Langley at number one. The Duchess, Michaela Parker at two. The Queen, Christy at three. Naj at four. Seth Harmon at five. And then 
Chris right outside the top five, probably going to be in it after tonight. D Dub at seven, and you can kind of see who's uh, you know who's where. So appreciate you guys. You guys have just been supporting all of the Mile High Huddle podcasts like crazy this month, and we love you. We appreciate you. We can't wait to start giving away that swag. Uh, David Wilder on Facebook, appreciate your support too, my friend. He says, "Fire everyone but the person who will be the interim coach." Then. Get a new owner in the offseason and hire a permanent new coach next year. See, that's the problem that just even if they fire Vic Fangio and were to hire someone the next day, which isn't going to happen, they'd hire someone, you know, in January. But it still comes with it would still come, Zach, with a fair amount of misgivings because who's the owner? And when that owner comes, how's that owner going to view George Payton? How's that owner going to view the new coach that was just hired and all that? Like, it just feels like that. After all we've seen, clarity for this team, moving back into the light from the shadows, we're talking two years down the road at soonest. I think I heard Nick Kendall on uh, this morning, Thursday morning's Broncos for breakfast talk about, look, Broncos lose this, you know, it's 2023. Not what anyone wants to hear, but that's what we are now barreling toward. I mean, I kind of disagree with that. And I also don't put much credence into having an owner. I mean, it's obviously nice and crucial and good ownership always, you know, breeds good results. But as long as you have the proper coaching, I think you can make hay. If Kevin Stefanski was calling the game for the Broncos today, if he was their head coach, I think they would have won. And quite convincingly, they wouldn't have lost four straight games. So you would like to have a permanent Pat Bullen replacement. You would like to see stability from the top. But just let George Payton pick his man one time and then go from there. Randy, thank you for all your support, brother. We love you. We appreciate you. And he says, coaching, coaching, coaching. Please, George, make some changes. Hey, call us opportunists. Call us good salesmen. But Zach just created a new T-shirt just for you, Randy. And for all of you who are trying to create that karmic push for the Broncos to make a change. On the coaching level, go get your coaching, coaching, coaching t-shirt at huddleuppod.com. I just pasted the link in the chat. Um, it's there, man. They're, they're ready to ship. We appreciate you guys. Um, Rogue Theory, what's going on, dude? It's been a minute since we've gotten a chance to chat with you. He says, uh, after tonight, making four straight losses, heads need to roll. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm still not over this bug. Teddy ain't it. We look like we have no clue what's going on in all phases of the game. Here's to a drunk season cheers good to see you josh take hey man chin up this too shall pass um on that topic real quick zach let me just catch up with a couple of supers that got jumped in the chat um we'll do the best we can to get to everybody tonight bryce mindset said uh, time to blow it up four weeks in a row we have laid a goose egg hopefully vic pat and tom are left behind in ohio hey that'd be a little bit closer for for vic anyway to his hometown not far from scranton pennsylvania can't remember where Pat's from. I think somewhere in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. But your point, not lost on us. Neil, thank you for the symbolic $17.14 super chat. He says, I don't care how close the score is. Fangio and Shermer should be fired before they board the plane back to Denver. Four straight games, totally outcoached and outplayed. Hashtag embarrassing. Zach, last one, and then I'm serving it back to you from Drew Hollenbeck, legendary superstar. He says, well over 100 yards from a running back in his first start. I think that shows the value of Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, despite their lack of coverage ability. That's a very, very true statement, bro. As a whole, I'd leave most of the coaching staff 
in Cleveland. Zach, we've said before, as frustrating as it's been over the years to see AJ and Jewel kind of struggling coverage, we tried to caution people going into the season that, hey, man, they're a lot better as a duo than you think, and they're arguably the best run-fitting duo at off-ball linebacker in the league, and now you're seeing, you know, in negative relief, the truth of that. Well, it was also the entire defensive line was blown off the ball. I mean, they, they did not control the line of scrimmage at all against the Browns team that, whose offensive line was kind of beat up. Um, so there were so many factors that went into this loss for Denver. They really did nothing well. The secondary had lapses. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson were late again. But when you lose all four of your starting linebackers, and after Von Miller went down, when you're resorting to the likes of Curtis Robinson and Barrington Wade to save the day, you're never going to do well, if only um, even against a third-string running back. It reminded me of Isaiah Crowell popping off for 200 yards with the Jets in that miserable game however many years ago it was. It's just one of those classic Broncos letdowns. Same old Broncos. Uh, Brandon Harden, what's going on? Bama Broncos, he says, I really enjoyed the commercial. <laughs> Such a talented roster being wasted. Friend of mine, one of my best buddies, he's a Chargers fan, right? A uh, long-suffering Chargers fan. He texted me tonight, and he goes, hey, I'm watching the Broncos for the first time this year, and these dudes don't look like they want to be on the field. A lot of talent getting wasted out there. And I said, true that. Malachi Smith, appreciate you, bro. He says, what's sad is I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just used to this by now. Yeah, Broncos country's punch drunk, you know. You, you, you get socked in the jaw enough times that, like, hey, now you're just, like, light on your feet. Is it a wazzy? Is it a woozy? Are you coming? Are you going? You know, you don't know. Alvin, wow, thank you, bro. Very generous of you. He says, uh, next up, Drew. We still have our same coaches. No change. Now, here's the thing, Zach, and then I'm serving this over to you. The whole um, argument, or not the whole, one of the primary arguments about, well, pump the brakes on throwing Drew out there is to the Wolves he goes because the coaching is the same, right? But at this stage, not only because Teddy is destroyed physically, but, I mean, that pick was egregiously underthrown. Poor ball, poor decision. I mean, the dude needs to sit for a while. And not only for his own good, but for this team's well-being, whether you make a coaching change or not, it's time for Vic Fangio to swallow that pride, play Drew, hold on for dear life, hope for the best. And who knows, Vic, you did not expect, um, I'm acting as if I'm here talking to Vic Fangio, but Zach, the Broncos did not expect when Drew Locke entered the fray in week 13 of the 2019 season, for him to be the spark, because let me remind everybody, the Broncos were three and six, pardon me, three and eight, and they finished, of course, seven and nine. Do you think Vic Fangio anticipated that? No. So you don't know what can kind of be a turning point in the spark. It's the lament there was they waited too long to play Drew. He had been healthy since week five, but I digress that. Well, to the previous commenter who said, I'm not mad anymore. I mean, what might make you mad is Vic Fangio said he's not going to make any changes at coordinator with Pat Shermer. He said no to the question. And oh, that's all he said. Like usual, not expecting much more from Fangio. Um, but it is an entire, um, I, I think to use your term, punch drunk, considering the quarterback struggles and uh, the false hope that Teddy Bridgewater gave the fan base after 3-0. and But if he wasn't going to insert Drew Locke after halftime, they keep reaching these milestones, Chad that the, the, the Broncos are eclipsing in terms of, okay, last chance to ever play Drew Locke, last chance to ever see what he can do. And another one was coming into the third quarter, Teddy hobbled, the Broncos down, 
Drew's on the sideline. There was a great camera shot of him watching over the Broncos play and Teddy Bridgewater, fully healthy, ready to go. They're not playing him. Vic Fangio said during the broadcast, not considering it right now. So, again, until Teddy literally cannot play, until he cannot throw a football or walk around, that's Fangio's guy. And Drew Locke is going to rot on the bench. Here's a quick uh, devil's advocacy pitch, and then we're going to grab Gilbert. On one hand, you go, that's totally true. And now they have the even more convenient excuse of the mini buy, right? They got 10 days for Teddy to get right. But at the same time, I'm going to flip that coin and say, now, Broncos, Vic, Pat, you have 10 days to get Drew ready. What are you waiting for, dude? You tapped out four losses in a row with Teddy. Like, remember when we get the questions, Zach, in July, August? Hey, whether it's Teddy or actually it was more to the effect of, hey, if Teddy wins the quarterback job, how many games losing in a row does it take before the team would make a change and vice versa? I don't think either of us said four. But you know what's thrown this off, that it's it's kilter, is the fact that they won three in a row and so to open the season. So that created a false confidence, a false sense of we made the right decision. And who knows? Maybe they did make the right decision. Maybe if and when Drew gets his shot, it's going to be like stepping on a landmine and you're going to know right out of the gates. But I don't think so. I think you have at this stage at three and four, losers of four in a row, Zach, literally nothing to lose by going to Drew and everything to gain. Gilbert says, and thank you, Gilbert, typical Fangio, when he was asked if he would consider changing out Bridgewater at halftime because he was playing injured and not playing well, Fangio says no, but I still love my Broncos. Yes, indeed. Thomas Rayner, thank you, buddy. My eight-year-old makes better play calls on Madden than Pat. Run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Yes, indeed. Uh, Damage Inc. on Twitch says, you guys need to set up your sub options on Twitch. I'll look into that, dude. I'm still trying to figure out Twitch, to be frank with you. But uh, appreciate the suggestion. We will look into it. Uh, Brian Van Voorst, what's good, dude? Um, he says, this is the first time in my life where I am regretting being a fan of this team. I'll always love this team, but we fans want blood. We want heads to roll. Fangio, Shermer, McMahon, line up. You need your pink slips. Guys, I feel you. I mean, the righteous indignation after the Raiders game, if that wasn't bad enough, multiply that problem is is i mean it's not just zach that they're losing again i want to emphasize this the broncos especially that first half their body language they were communicating on the field all right they were sending a message to george payton whether it was conscious or subconscious all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna be freud here for a second either way they're communicating to the gm this needle will get moved no further unless you make a coaching change. We're tapped out. Riddles, welcome. Thank you for that super chat. Stick around. Connect on Twitter. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for uh, any supers. And then here's Velveta, Zach, and I'm going to serve it back over to you. He says, just a fun message here to lighten the mood. We should save. We should just save draft capital for when Arch Manning enters the draft. As early as it is in his career, have you guys looked into him at all? Oh, yeah. Of course, man. I mean, He's very intriguing. He's still got a long row left to hoe to prove that, you know, he uh, can live up to that name as a quarterback. But so far, so good. Let's see how he does in, in college football and how his career takes shape. Zach. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos are going to wait around, though. I think they're going to get their quarterback, whoever it may be, in next year's draft class. And uh, Peyton will uh, be on the clock, so to speak, at that point. All right, let me just take a quick look on the back end. We got Jay Fig real quick. 
waiting. He said, just goes to show how Broncos country, the lock, uh, that Locke was not the main problem. It is this coaching staff. We could call a better game ourselves. Blow it the F up. And then Diamond Rattler says, if Peyton doesn't make a change by tomorrow, I want him gone too. That speaks, Zach, to your point that he's starting to risk losing the goodwill and grace of the fan base and people in the media if he continues to silently sanction what's happening out there by not making any changes or stepping in and demanding or making the change himself. I mean, I always said inaction can be worse than action sometimes. And if you allow something and enable something, then you're complicit in in those results that spawn from it. And uh, the longer he condones Fangio, who's condoning Pat Shermer and condoning the likes of Tom McMahon and the incompetency on the coaching staff, it just reflects on him. If he's going to be that uh, hands-off, I think Broncos fans are going to reconsider their stance on him. Kyle Evans, thank you, buddy. He says, poor... It's poor to see fans call out Peyton in his first year. Pretty sure the Broncos will get a quarterback in the draft. Uh, hopefully it's Sam Howell. No offense to Locke. Yeah, Locke's time, unless he does finally get to play and produces some kind of miracle turnaround for this team. Broncos moved on from Drew when they rolled with Teddy. A couple other to catch, uh, catch up on. Um, let's see. Iced Out Bolt says, I already know Zach wants to go off on this staff. Yeah, Trust. This is true. Donald Netanyahu, uh, he said, thank you for the super chat, both of you. Uh, thoughts on Tim Jenkins? Not sure who that is. He has now offered to come aboard the Broncos staff. Most important, he has always said, Drew is the starter. I'll have to research that, bro. Um, Zach, real quick, Eddie Vasquez, longtime super chat superstar, says, hard to pick what I'm upset about the most. What's the kicker for you guys tonight? What was the bridge too far for you tonight, Zach, if there was one? Again, letting Case Keenum move down the field against you on your opening possession down to the last seconds of the game and closing out the game, allowing a no-name, for the most part, running back to pop off for whatever he had tonight, a buck 40 in his first career start, being, you know, facing a team more beat up than you and coming out with, again, no passion, like they didn't want to even be out there, no motivation, the same hands under the shoulders, under the armpits, it's the same thing every week. It's like watching a bad movie that we're forced to see the ending of every single week. And now Vaughn, you're like, man, how much worse can it get? The injury bug, hold my beer. You know, it's like, Lord, beer me strength. That's where we're at right now. All right, shout out. Office. Um, all right, Michael Ronquillo, what up, dude? Fired, fired, fired. He's looking for brimstone. He's looking for torches. He's looking for pitchforks. We don't blame you. Selena, thank you for being here with us and for <clears throat> your support, Selena, says he needs to insert Locke, Fangio, because at some point he's not going to have a choice. I mean, come on. Uh, he is not going to make any changes to offensive coordinator. Kind of funny how he chose his coach over the greater good of the team and winning. Again, one of the things, Zach, that makes the, dis the stubborn decision to stay with Pat is it's not like – I mean, think back to when Rich Gangarello was the OC. Let's pretend this is all happening right now, and Rich is your OC, and your and your quarterbacks coach is TC McCartney, who is as green behind the ears as it gets. I understand dragging your feet, not firing Rich, because there's no one else. Like who else is going to call? Uh, Zach Azani's not a coordinator; he's never called plays. He's a position coach. You can go down the line, Munchak maybe, but off the top of my head, Scott, maybe you know this. I don't know that Mike Munchak has ever called plays as an offensive coordinator. But guess what? Mike Shula, 
absolutely has, and he's done so at about as high of a level as you can you can ask. I mean, he's coordinated an offense to and in the Super Bowl. Now, happened to be in that particular year, Zach, buzzsaw, right? I mean, if if the if the Panthers play any other team but that Broncos defense in Super Bowl 50, he's probably a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. So you have options, Vic. What are you doing? I mean, is this the ship, the USS Pat Shermer, and Vic's going to go down with the ship? You have to wonder, though, let's say they get an innovative mind or at least a more creative mind uh, at the controls and Mike Shula, how much hay can he make with a, a limited quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater? I think in that scenario, you go to Shula as the OC, you got to play lock at quarterback to pair fire with fire. I mean, just things that make sense. So it's you can't take any half measures if you make something that drastic. If you're willing to change the coaching staff, part of it, the coordinator, head coach at this point, the quarterback is, is a secondary option. Uh, before we grab the joker, let me catch Naj, who's been waiting patiently. He says, thank you for that $20 super, bro. Just saw the Vaughn presser. He says his ankle is fine. Was kept out for precautionary reasons. Now the question comes up, will they trade him? I hope not. No. Losing him would be devastating to me as a fan. And then Simon says, I didn't even try to do that. That's just how it came out. Simon says, how on God's green earth is our run defense so bad? I get there are injuries, but it's hard to see any intensity out there. How good is PS2, though? Love that guy, DBFL. That was one of the things that you could write home about tonight. Again, your top two picks in this year's draft, balling out, showing heart, showing cashews, showing swagger, showing like they wanted to be there, that they're on a mission to carve out their own legend. No one else really seemed like they um, – Cortland Sutton, throw him out there. He's a guy that showed some heart tonight. No offense at times, maybe. The offensive line performed better in pass pro, but we're still pretty inconsistent. But again, that was a tough defensive line, man. I mean, that's about as tough as it gets in the league. So tip your cap, I think, to the offensive line for the most part. I mean, Zach, the Denver Broncos as a team, uh, let's see, we had uh, Javante carry the ball four times. Melvin, eight times. 38 yards rushing between the two of them and then throw three more on there uh, from Teddy scrambling. So you had 41 yard ru yards rushing. How, how many on, pass attempts for Teddy total? Teddy threw it 33. Uh, Teddy threw it 33 times, went tw 23 of 33 for a buck 87, two TD, a pick, and a rating of 91.4. Meanwhile, Case Keenum, 21 of 33 for 199 and a score. And his rating, not as good as Teddy's. 90.3. This is why, to me, quarterback rating is like, it's a, if I could curse right now, I would. It's a BS stat. But 33 attempts for a gimpy quarterback a couple weeks removed from a concussion versus four carries for your stud running back. It literally makes no sense. Then add into it also, by the way, the blustery conditions out in Cleveland. That's the, the, the dichotomy in play calling. But then you look at the fact that Case Keenum had the same number of pass attempts as Teddy Bridgewater. But Case Keenum far and away had a better game. The, when the coaching is better, the play is better. That's why we have a t-shirt now. Big A, little A, R-O-N. What's good, bro? Appreciate you. He said, losing happens. I'm okay with losing to a certain extent. I'm not okay with being embarrassed. And you know what? That's what is happening right now. That's what's happening. Christian says, do you think it's more realistic that Peyton gets his own franchise quarterback in next year's draft? 
in the form of a Malik Willis or Matt Corral uh, with more or Dayball. Yeah, it's it's the most realistic eventuality possibility uh, at this stage. Jacoy, I don't know, or pardon me, if I don't wake up to some coaching changes, I swear, it's getting very difficult to convince myself to use four hours of my limited time to watch this. Zach, this is something I remarked on earlier in the week, and I didn't want, and I still don't want people to interpret this as me campaigning for it. But so long as the stadium continues to sell out and you have a thousand no-shows is all you have, Broncos take that as an implicit, uh, you know, approval that everything's okay, even though they're losing. So Broncos fans are going to have to, one of these days, I think, just say, you know what? No, that's it. Um, Marek, thank you. Welcome. Connect on Twitter. How do we fix the run defense? Zach, I think the only thing you can hope for at this stage is that the guys somehow care again. They don't care anymore because other than that, you're screwed because your top two off-ball guys are gone. Vaughn's hurt. Lord knows how long he's going to be gone. I know Nash said, ah, it's fine. It was just precaution, but hopefully that's all it was. But, Zach, there's no hero, is my point, fixing to return to save the rushing defense. Like, this is a look-inside-yourself, you know, sack-up moment. But the Broncos have been in that now for the last four weeks, and time and time again, they do not rise up and meet the the occasion. The, the intensity, I mean, you can't even use that word anywhere in the orbit of this Broncos squad. I mean, I, I posed this question on Twitter, and someone said to me, it's, it's the players not executing the scheme. Well, I said the scheme sucks, honestly. I mean, there's way too much talent on this defensive line, in the front seven, in the secondary, the highest paid defense in the NFL, and you're allowing Case Keenum and Dearness Johnson to march down the field on you. In crunch time, on the opening possession, it's all about coaching. Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones is a good enough defensive line to not get pushed around like they did tonight. That's point blank period. Coaching. Coaching, 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 y'all. Ding, ding, ding. Simon up in Canada. What's good, buddy? Thank you. Let's say Locke gets the start next week. O-line plays like this week. Defense plays like this week. Any difference in the final result? I'll say this. If the defense in the next game allows the opponent to drive down and score a touchdown on the opening drive, then probably not, to be honest with you. you know, um, Probably not. One thing I don't want to get misconstrued here, Zach, is when I say just play, Drew, you've seen what you needed to see from Teddy. I'm not saying that because I expect that there to suddenly be a tide that raises all the ships and here we go. I'm not ruling that out. But what I'm, what I, the main proponent for that is, <coughs> pardon me, the main rationale is, you tried the other way. You tried it with the band aid guy that brought that moxie leadership that fan and veteran uh, wherewithal and veteran. I can speak your language, coach. You know, I can um, make you feel the warm and fuzzies. This is how far it took you. You you hedged for the higher floor as opposed to the ceiling. Now it's time to start swinging for the fences because you're three and four now. I mean, you are about to play yourself out of the playoff conversation. Here's Carla, and then I'm serving it to you, Zach. I'm so tired of starting over every three years. It's like every year we are just treading water, hoping to figure out how to swim. Instead, we've only got as far as dog paddling. Hashtag frustrated. I don't blame you, but the Broncos began a process at the end of last season, Zach, to make some pretty sweeping changes, starting with John Elway stepping away. His contract is not going to get renewed. So that top executive 
spot on the football side, either that's going to get filled by someone else or it's going to be George Payton and that's it. You're going to get a new coaching staff, Zach. You're going to get a new quarterback. And then that's where things might be able to start shifting for this team. Well, to the last thing about uh, the, the next opponent, if, if Locke plays, it, the Washington team is a lot like the Browns in the sense that they can beat the Broncos on offense and defense. You talk, you know, you know about the Washington defense and their defensive line, but on offense, I mean, Taylor Heineke, I think, is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. They have Antonio Gibson, who's that game-breaker. They have Terry McLaurin, a receiver. Logan Thomas, they have a big, nasty offensive line. I mean, they can pose some problems as well. So to answer the question directly, if the Broncos play and coach the exact same way, it's not going to matter the quarterback. They're going to lose because almost everything that could have gone wrong for Denver tonight, they could have performed badly in. They did. All the key areas of the game, you know, I mean... Lawrence Rivera, thank you for all that you do for us, bro. All your support, being here, participating in the convo. He says, did we force Pat to be a better coach when only um, when we only had Drew Locke as quarterback? I think the quarterback competition actually messed with our coaching because they got used to calling plays that they want compared to calling something that the team would need. Interesting idea. Who's to say? That's one of those, uh, that's one of those topics we'll never know the answer to. Uh, the Joker, I am a Ravens fan, and it all comes down to coaching. I was hoping for you guys to win, of course, you know, Browns in the division. But the Ravens have 17-plus players on IR and are still doing their thing, which no one expected. Coaching, quarterback leadership, and co- quarterback dynamism. That's the difference. And thanks for being with us, uh, the Joker. Thank you for uh, being here as a Ravens fan. Uh, appreciate that. But even a Ravens fan coming on for the first time, or I'm assuming the first time, can understand that the Broncos coaching is the reason. It really all boils down to that. So uh, say it louder for the people in the back. Cody Dub, what's up, buddy? Shelby had the biggest stop on defense. You know, we said, hey, it's time for Shelby to start, you know, singing for his supper a little bit. He did that more today than he has all season long. He had the blocked field goal. Almost had another, you know, a lot of almost when you're describing anyone on this Broncos def- uh, team, but almost had a sack, um, made a, had a few stops. Like this was the first time this year, really, that I went, ooh, I noticed Shelby a few times making some plays for what it's worth. I noticed he's also a little more, I mean, maybe it's just me and no judgment at all, but he got paid and he looks a little more rotund, you know, it seems like in his uh, abdominal area. He's still a force out there, and it's nice to see he finally is earning his money and he's off the milk carton. Rello. Good to see you, bro. He says, shake my head. I feel you. Uh, Rathman said earlier, don't worry, we didn't miss you, buddy. The chat, the stream jumps, but that's why we got three guys keeping an eye on the back end to do the best we can to make sure nothing slips through the cracks in the, in the final analysis. But his, here's what his super chat said, Zach. This is absolutely pathetic. Same old, same old. Run, run, pass. Run, run, screen. I hate the term fair weather fan, but I am so close to be in a Bills fan. Hashtag UW. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't uh, far be it for me to tell anybody how to be a fan, but on one hand, it's like, could you blame people for jumping off this bandwagon? But um, I can't wrap my brain around going and finding another team to root for just as, I think it's almost like, you know, it's a properly basic trait. Once you latch on to a team emotionally, I don't know how you can really with a few exceptions, Zach, as someone like you who, in a professional sense, assigned to cover a team on the beat, 
and and then you can't but help get a little bit emotionally invested in how a team does. I, well, you can get an early jump on uh, Bill's fandom by watching Brian Dayball could become the Broncos' next head coach if they go in that direction. But, you know, that's, it's it's always tempting to watch another team. You watch a team like the Chiefs or the Bills or the Cowboys with a dynamic offense, and it's just so night and day compared to what the Broncos put out there week in and week out. So I don't blame that sentiment. I don't really believe in jumping ships or having a second team. I believe if you're a fan, you're a fan all the way through. But I don't also... Um, I don't blame anyone for getting a little jealous of what other teams are doing either. Leo says leadership reflects attitude. This, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Never mind. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, but yeah, you know what? I feel you. I do trust, uh, the Joker. Hopefully you saw that we did get your super appreciate that buddy. Thanks for being patient. Uh, very busy chat tonight. We're doing the best that we can to get to everybody. And, um, so, yeah, guys, appreciate your patience. Faded Wolf in the house. What's up, dude? First Super Chat. Welcome. Hey, man, I need to get my little podcast board, Zach, plugged in for these that I had at the meet and greet where I can have a little program sound for a first-time Super Chat. Bing. I'll come up with something. I think that'd be dope. Welcome. Thank you for that, buddy. Big fan. Great job, guys. Thank you. Tonight was uh, Bleed Blue and Orange. Sad, bleed blue and orange, I think is what he's saying. It's sad to see this wasted roster to incompetent coaching. It really is, man. It really is. What more can we say, bro? I mean, it's the coaching has been absolutely horrendous. And then, Zach, you know, you don't want to give the players a pass. Again, I think what the, what's happening here is the players are trying to communicate to the, to the front office that, guys, we need a change. This coaching, we can't do this anymore. I mean, here's a good example, all right? What on defense, let's keep it on Vic's forte here. Who on defense, besides Pat Sertan, that you expect to produce on a game-in, game-out basis, did so tonight? Well, let me tell you what happened for the Browns. Miles Garrett got himself a sack and a half. Jadeveon Clowney got himself a half sack. Good teams and players on good teams that are coached well and coached by competent people um when it's time to get out and perform and the chips are down they step up to the plate and zach we're just not seeing that it's a coaching void it is what it is michael says nick and scott from broncos for breakfast uh, will have a special reaction about this loss against the browns stay tuned tomorrow morning hey dude thank you for that reminder that's right there's going to be an impromptu broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning guys 7 30 a.m mountain 9.30 Eastern, so stay tuned for that. Zach, here's one from Cristobal. He says, talent is there. Co- it's the coaching staff. If they don't fire the coaches soon, then Peyton ain't smart either. And then Calvin says, this staff has to go. The players have no heart. D-line are pushovers. Linebackers can't fill the gap. Geesh, made the running back look like 98 Terrell Davis's 2,000-yard um, season. I mean, at a certain point, we're just collecting tears here, Zach. That's really all we can do. And you know what? Sometimes that's the job of a football priest. Well, I mean, to your last point about uh, who can you expect to produce, we expect Shelby Harris to produce after getting that big contract, and he finally did so tonight. But no one else really does. No one. There's no breakout player ever. There's no young stud waiting in the wings. Jonathan Cooper is the closest thing they have. He got close tonight. He had his. Uh, he was a step away from getting a big time sack, but he just wasn't there. It wasn't good enough, and that's because of the coaching. 
You know, it's you ever see the movie Waiting, Chad? And, and, and oh, the yeah. manager goes, "The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little, that little bit, whatever he says." That's what mm-hmm. I feel like the Broncos are. The difference between great Wade movie, Phillips, love great, that movie, great movie, Wade Phillips and Vic Fangio is the that. Bat. Oh, the bat! <laughs> Sorry. All right, go on, go on. Those of you who've seen Waiting, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's it. All right, sorry, I interrupted a good uh, a good stream of consciousness there. My bad. Uh, Joshua says, Sertan, Javante, and Jonathan Cooper, only three that were out there trying tonight, all rookies. Exciting and sad at the same time. It is exciting, and you can explain it in part by saying, well, they're young guys who have yet to really prove themselves in the league, and so they're hungry. No one else out there, Zach, shows like they're hungry. I mean, these guys are rolling out there like they just came off a – smorgasbord and can eat no more right like miss us on it it's like think about thanksgiving dinner and you get served up and you just gorge yourself have a little pie afterward and then someone comes in and says here have some more and you're like no miss me i'm good i'm not hungry that's what it's like right now for these bronco vets they're like no oh you want high intensity no no a team takes on the emotional um complexion of its coach and but that and that their leaders are not emphasizing being hungry though. Their their leaders are emphasizing being content with what you have and doing the bare minimum and not pushing for that little extra. By the way, I messed up the joke. I said a little bit, and that's the difference though. Then they they take on the attitude of their leadership, and their leadership condones losing. It condones standing there and having no emotion, good or bad. It's really sad that we're all celebrating in unison, kind of giving a Bronx cheer to Vic Fangio when he wins a challenge. I mean, that's what it's gotten to at this point. The coaching is just so terrible. A Bronx cheer. I like that. Um, all right, where are we at time-wise? We are at uh, 48 minutes. All right, we're about out of time. Alex, thank you for that super chat, buddy. Uh, lifelong Broncos fan here. And here's one thing to remember. This is something that Scott uh, said to me, all right? Um, when it comes to fans and coaches, I mean, sometimes you'll hear Vic Fangio, for example, uh, answer a question that's you can tell the question coming from whoever asked it in the media is kind of motivated by some form of a grassroots fan uh, source, right? Collective. And they'll get thrown at Fangio or any coach for that matter. But I'm going to keep it with Fangio for now. And he'll dismiss it as if, you know, like your fans, like, or your media, like you're not a part of what we're doing here. And yet you as fans, we as fans will be here and be around a lot longer than these coaches. Think about that, right? And so fans feel like they have ownership in a sense. The problem is you have no control over what's happening on the field. There's only one way, really, that you can um, affect things. And I've already said what it is tonight, and I don't want to say it again because I don't want people to think I'm campaigning for that. So, um, But, yes, Alex, thank you, buddy. Yeah, speaking of Bronx cheer, we got Alex Rodriguez in the building. You know, how do you feel about the the, the, the Tua trade rumors? Would it benefit the Broncos? I, I don't personally believe in Tua tag Tonga Vailoa as a franchise quarterback. I see a very high-end number two or a middling left-handed version of Teddy Bridgewater. They need dynamicism. I don't know who that may be coming out of the draft or someone they pursue on the trade market, perhaps. I don't see it in Tua, whether it's with Pat Shermer or another coach. Chandler Wildling, what's up, dude? Or Wilding? Wilding? Wilding. Wilding? Good to see you, buddy. Same SHI, you know what, different year. Sick of this endless cycle we go through. 
every year. Isaiah eleven twenty seven Zach says, we got manhandled up front on the D line. We got no push up front to stop the run or get to the queue. Hard to watch tonight. Is it the coaches or players? Yes, that's the answer. Um, but I still, you know, I'm erring on the side of coaching. The, the Broncos players, again, are trying to tell everybody, change the coaches. Uh, this suffering Broncos fan, Zach, says, my name has never been more fitting. Fire Broncos country. Yes, or fire, pardon me, fire Fangio. I was reading two, at one, two supers at once. Fire Broncos country. Fire Fangio. But that is an appropriate handle on YouTube, Suffering Broncos fan. Uh, so props to that. Uh, on that note, it kind of reminds me, Chad, I want to take a straw poll here. Is it worse losing to Rich Basaccia or worse losing to Case Keenum? Mm. It's a valid question. It is. It is. Uh, Aaron Lynch jumped in again to say, kind of what I expected for a Browns versus Valor Christian game, <laughs> high school. But how are you really doing, boys? I feel for you. I feel for me. At least I still feel for now. Yeah, yeah, that's good, bro. We're alive, right? Hey, we're living, we're living, it's happening. It's not going our way, but we're here. Faded Wolf again. Sorry, guys. Uh beers are getting to me earlier. I meant hence it's the faded. sad to see. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting um a different outcome is is actually the what you meant to say there. But yes, we got we get what you're saying, buddy. Um it is. I mean, the Broncos, Zach, sadly, right now exemplify the whole uh, definition of insanity. You got any more of that beer, Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fernando, what's up, dude? Thank you. Says, season's a bust. Start lock. What do we have to lose? Zach, what do you have to lose? As I grab Albert Knoppers here, our friend and, and supporter, who says, I, I do like two teams, the Broncos and any team that can beat the Chiefs. Well said, buddy. You have to lose Vic Fangio's pride and Vic Fangio's ego and his kind of uh, his reputation almost. And, and to an extent, George Payton as well. I think that's the only thing preventing the Broncos from putting Locke out there. When you preach player safety, Chad, like you did after the Ravens game and you're calling out John Harbaugh and making national headlines, but you're trotting out a quarterback coming off a concussion, can't even walk without a limp. And you're justifying that because you picked him and your job's on the line. That's all ego. It's all pride. It is. Faded Wolf again, jumping in to say, last thing, getting rid of Wade Phillips was one of the biggest mistakes Denver made. Maybe, but dude, he burned out pretty hard, right? Like that water is passed so far beyond the bridge, under and beyond out to sea that I have a hard time really countenancing that as a topic because we're so, how many coaching staffs are we now since Wade? Like, I mean, Wade was never going to be a savior as a head coach option when Gary stepped down, right? Um, but if you paired him with, say, Kyle Shanahan, you never know what could have happened in, in 2017. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Zach, we got one from Phoenix Kukini uh, that says, Such little fire, ole, tackling, unprepared. I've been a fan since Super Bowl uh, 12. Did you meant to say Super Bowl 32? But if these coaches are here next week, I'm out until 2022. I'm disgusted. Hashtag lock time and then also shout out to the doc christopher bush appreciate that super chat buddy you to man zach that mentality though of you know i'm out till 2022 as a fan if the broncos don't make some changes that needs to be a i mean i think the only way to send that message to to the front office to the shot callers is for that to be a grassroots collective message and broncos fans are just too 
stoked and love their team too much. I just, guys, you're going to see this inch throughout the season, but let not your hearts be troubled. Your football priest will be here with you to help console you. And this too shall pass. Before you know it, Zach, we're going to be in draft season talking about this quarterback, this coaching hire. It'll be here. And it's sad that we have to even mention that as a silver lining or something to look forward to here still in week seven, but that's where we're at. Uh, Part of the problem, though, is that message that the Broncos fan base would send by not going to games or not buying merchandise, not supporting the team with their wallet, is it has no one to trickle up to. Who? Joe Ellis? He doesn't really care. John Elway doesn't care. They both have one foot out the door each. George Payton's a rookie general manager. Vic Fangio's a lame duck. So I, I think there's there's a bit of a of a vacuum issue in, in the Denver hierarchy right now, having no owner in that sense. And regardless, I think George Payton, Joe Ellis, everyone involved knows, the Broncos fans, it's a very small sect on Twitter that says they're never going to go to games again. I'm unfollowing you. I'm not a fan. I'm burning my jersey. Compared to the sect that remains a fan, still watches every Sunday, still buy tickets, still goes to the game, still buy merchandise, they know kind of like you just uh, hinted at there. They're going to go to the games. They're going to be a fan regardless. And it's a testament to Broncos country who deserves better, much better. I'm catching up on a few that I've seen, Zach, that have slipped through the cracks. So real quick here, uh, from Bronco Broad, thank you for the super chat and thank you for your patience. If Fangio doesn't make changes, I hope the stadium is half full. Time to send a message. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel you on that trust. Um, and then here's from Randy Foster. Good to see you, Randy. Hope you've been well. He says, I get 150 characters to say whatever I want, and I'm speechless. This is pathetic. At least Chad and Zach give Broncos fans something positive. LOL. Hopefully, dude, we try to. Sometimes we're here, you know, to help kill the pain. You know, we're here to help you escape the misery by, I guess, discussing the misery. I just, my argument just collapsed in on itself, Zach. I mean, this is where, this is where I'm at as your football priest, but you know, we're, we're gluttons for punishment too. And the thing is, is we keep each other going, right? You keep us coming back and vice versa. And so we thank each and every one of you for being as dedicated and passionate as fans of this team and supporters of what we do here at Mile High Huddle. Taco Tater. That's a, that's a newer name, Zach. Uh, Hate to say it, but trade Vaughn. Give him an opportunity to retire with another championship, just not the Chiefs, Raiders, or Chargers. Yeah, you can believe if he does get traded, he's not going there. Yeah, it's not going to be in the division. Uh, Kyle Evans says, poor to see fans call out Peyton in his first year. Uh, Did I already get this one? Pretty sure the Broncos will get a quarterback in the draft. I think I already did get that one. Uh, Let me make sure. Chesney Bohr, I don't see a question, but a super chat. Thank you, buddy. David Ellsbury, I'm, I know we didn't get. He said, fire everyone, run or throw with ease. No more teddy bears lobbing balloons short of the sticks. Locke has an arm and keeps defense uh, defenses honest. Lock it up. I'm thinking of uh, wedding crashers right now. Lock it up. Um, and then uh, Eddie Vasquez says, always here when I need y'all. Denver Box for life. You guys rock. We'll get through it together. Love my Broncos family. Mile high salute to you, bro. And then Zach, last one, I think. And then we're current. Oh, two more. And then we're current. Heads have to roll from Terry. He says, this is pathetic. And then Benzo760 says, fire that 30-year coordinator already. I think, Zach, that brings us up to current, unless Scott has anything I've missed. Rathman again. 
Yeah, Rathman hopping in 499 Super. He says, Drew, appreciate you, Rathman, would have chucked it deep at least. Eddie Teddy didn't even try. Keenum looked like thrift store Mahomes. Chucking it deep, make football exciting again. I mean, that would be nice. Football hasn't been exciting, you know, arguably since 2014, before Peyton Manning's final year in Denver. We've had the spurts. We thought 3-0 meant something and meant nothing. Everyone reverted back to the mean Teddy Bridgewater, Pat Shermer, Vic Fangio. And again, until those circumstances change, those players change, those coaches change, the result is not going to change. It's insanity to go off a previous uh, comment. Aaron Lynch, appreciate you, bro. He says, let your disappointed voices be heard. Buy independent merch, MHH, that's good Broncos, Denver Underground, etc. Hey, appreciate you, brother. Keep our chins up, everybody. All right, again, I'll say it. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. And this is the last one, guys, and then we got to get out of here because there's lots of content. And by the way, Facebook, uh, we will make up to you the fact that we haven't been able to get many of your comments tonight. This, the, I know you're helping us get to goal. And Zach and I will peel off a special little something for you as a thank you and as a makeup for us not being able to get to you on this gut reaction as, as much as we'd have liked to. Okay. Uh, Stu Meat jumping in with a super sticker. Let's see what, 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 does it, what does it look like, though? I need to see what. Let's see what his message is um, by way of a sticker. It's the wrecked hippo. Wrecked hippo. Yeah, we're wrecked too, bro. R E K T. Uh, and then, Zach, last one, and then we're out of here from Alex Rodriguez. Should the Broncos pick up Uncle Rico? He can throw a football over them mountains. <laughs> oh, man. Gallows humor. Or humor. Yo, that's where we're at. Zach, sign us out of here, bro. We'll see everybody uh, on Sunday. It's just disappointing because they actually have a young quarterback with an arm on the bench, and they're going, you know, they're just letting him rot, and that's what's uh, disappointing for a lot of the fan base. But be sure, guys. Uh, a quarterback with an arm that showed significantly he answered the bell and showed significant progress this summer. Let's not forget. This is not Drew Locke of week 17, 2020 for what it's worth. More irrationality from, from the coaches. I guess we'll know next year though. when Locke hopefully gets a shot somewhere in the NFL. I guess it won't be with the Broncos, but until we see you guys next time, which will be Sunday, it feels like we're Sunday right now. I was wanting to say tomorrow is Monday, but Sunday for the aftermath pod of uh, of today's game, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Blake, hopping in here. Sorry, remember, I just had to, I just had to pull this one real quick. Remember how Flacco conveniently got hurt and benched after he spoke up about the play calling? Yeah, the neck injury from Joe Flacco. Maybe Teddy will have a leg injury pop up this week. Uh, but go to huddleuppod.com, guys, and if you want to rail against Vic Fangio and the Broncos coaching, get your brand new coaching, coaching, coaching t-shirt right now at huddleuppod.com live, ready to ship out. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter. Three exclusive shows, Coverman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone every single week. Also, facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some aforementioned swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, just do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. By the way, I love your name. I love your YouTube handle, Boats and you know what? Because I literally watch Step Brothers like once a week, dude. So props to you. All right. <laughs> all right. I, I'm, it's getting too late. I almost just dropped something I should have. Uh, but yeah, trust, dude. On nights like this, we have to prioritize the people that are supporting us on Super Chat. So 
you know, and stars. That's just, that's just the, the way it is. My dog, uh, here's how he finished on Facebook. Uh, David Wilder at the top. Appreciate you, bro. Still love your MHH profile pick. Lawrence Rivera at two. Jim, or Jim, Tim Hoffman at three. What is that, dude? Is that like a Halloween-ish uh, profile pick? Elliot Sean, Randy Jones, legendary is Randy. Andrew Lampy as well. Shane Daniels as well. Richard Lamb, a newer name I don't recognize. Welcome. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Free Ferris. Colby C. Collier, a legend. By the way, have you gotten your uh, hat yet from the podcast giveaway last month? Let me know. Daniel Weiss, Steve Gomez, Keith, MHH staff writer, across the pond in Scotland, uh, Freedom. Alexander Emmert, Doug Raquel, Blake Chandler, Raul Camarillo, Jacob Drainer, Eric Weber, George Fox. All of y'all, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Subscribe, like, share. Keep your chin up. This too shall pass. Broncos for breakfast on the bright, 7.30 a.m., We've worked out the hormones, all right, tonight, the gut reaction, the emotions have run high. I'm sure Scott and Nick will provide uh, uh, significantly maybe less pissed off take. I don't know, disappointed take. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they're just as pissed off and irritated and apoplectic as you are and as we are. But check them out in the morning. And then, of course, tomorrow night you got Dove Valley Deep Divers. So, Zach, sign us off, bro. Love you guys. Take care, guys. And as always... Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.